Welcome to Scouting for Growth. Today, I will be joined by Federico Spagnoli, President and Head of Emerging Markets and Ecosystems for Prudential Financial LATAM. Federico is well known for his work launching Vitality in South America and providing health services to over 1.5 million South Americans who today can download an app from their mobile device to get access to a multitude of health services. During this podcast, we will evaluate Federico's vision about enhancing people's physical, mental, and financial wellness. We will define where is the world of health and insurance going in terms of protection and prevention. Let's look at distribution and strategy distribution by understanding how do we augment the broker channel. And I thought it would be great to get some tips for those interested in monetization services. If you like what you hear, please rate, download, subscribe, comment at the bottom of this podcast. And so it is time to welcome Federico. Welcome, Federico. I'm so pleased to be with you today. So as you know, with all my podcasts, I start with a little bit of introduction and really learning about you and what got you into insurance and the path you have selected today within, I would say, health and healthcare. Excellent. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Federico Spagnoli. I'm currently running Wellness Ecosystem for Prudential International. I joined Prudential about six years ago, and at the time, I was doing a, an executive program at Said Oxford University, uh, focusing on disruption, strategy, and innovation. And, and part of my theme, and actually was the, the theme of my, my paper, uh, was really about disruption in the insurance industry. You know, I started in the insurance industry more than 25 years ago, uh, back in Argentina, where I'm from. And since then, as you know, we haven't seen incremental innovation, but not really truly disruption. And when I started focusing on, on some of the key drive, drivers affecting our customers, uh, I realized that there, there were a lot of opportunities there for us to start thinking very differently the way how we approach the business today. So that is my interest in, in this topic. And, and my background in insurance includes 25 years of international experience in different multinational companies, including AIG, where I spent 13 years, six years in Asia, three, four years in, in Europe, and the rest in, in the US and Latin America. 
Thank you, Federico. And I remember when we caught up, we had this big conversation around physical, mental, and financial wellness. And I remember when we were catching up is that you were mentioning is when we combine the three, it's about the ability to understand the emotions, right, of how money and vice drivers are affecting people today and the implication on their wellness, but also on the, I would say, health factors, right? What drive their um, emotional health and wellness? And so I would like to ask you, you know, as we move into our New Year's and New Year's which are coming ahead, how do we consciously align healthcare needs of the users, other people who are around us, to their physical, emotional, and financial health? Great question. And let me give you some background before I get directly to the response. Uh, you know, when I joined Prudential six years ago, was my first time working in the life insurance industry. So, so for me, was relatively new to, to really understand you know, how the industry operates. And at the time, I recall having a, a conversation, a casual conversation with uh, you know, one of my best friends who is a physician. And he was asking me, why, why insurance companies, life insurance companies, health insurance companies are not doing more to prevent conditions and situations that eventually are going to become a claim? So, for example, he's specialized in high cholesterol, and he, he will say, you know, with a pill, you can reduce in certain cases uh, mortality rates by 50%. So why insurance or insurers are not doing more? That led me to, to then to the next question, which is, as you know, uh, the, the phenomena of the aging of the population, you know, is, is perhaps, you know, uh, along with global warming, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we're facing as a society. And, and when we think about uh, the aging of the population, you know, the, the, the risk of or the ability to retire comfortably, the ability to afford raising healthcare costs, that made me think about, you know, a, a lot of new technologies and, 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 you know, data capabilities that are coming to market that we could use as life insurers to start preventing and anticipating or mitigating a, a, a number of conditions that we're seeing. But then, Prudential at the time, sorry to make the story long, but just to provide the, the full background, was focusing on financial wellness, not on, on physical or mental wellness, uh, with you know, a decent degree of success. But when you connect all the dots together and, and you understand the challenges that our customers are facing, and then if you follow what I call a customer-centric approach, we cannot see customers just with one lens. So for example, um, I'm having issues to afford healthcare and not relate that with mental, right? Because that is generating level of anxieties that are affecting your physical and sometimes the anxiety is generating by limited financial means. So if we, if we think about trying to solve for the challenges of the aging of the population, following a customer-centric approach is where physical, mental, and financial 
start to make sense to be integrated into a seamless, you know, single solution. So that was the idea behind it. Absolutely. And, you know, as I'm listening to you talking, I remember also that one aspect of it, I guess, it requires, I mean, you know, when you look at financial literacy or financial wellness, it's about understanding uh, the impact of transactional um, activity, right? Financial is very transactional. But then when you start looking at physical, emotional, you are moving beyond just the transactional, right? It's uh, an educational uh, environment which requires some level of literacy around understanding how the three connects. And so my question to you is, therefore, how do we align, therefore, protection to prevention when we start connecting the three together? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, as as you know, um, early in 2020, we launched the Vitality program, was 100% focused on physical wellness. We were not, at the time, thinking about uh, mental or financial. was part of our end game, but was not our first step. And then we realized that the framework that they were using to improve and focus on prevention on physical wellness, in particular, trying to tackle the challenges of non-communicable diseases, like poor nutrition choices, tobacco, sedentarism, and and other uh, behaviors that tend to create some of these conditions we realized that the same framework can be used for mental and for financial wellness. So let let me tell you a bit more about the framework. First, the importance of self-awareness, you know, knowing your health is what we call it. So if you think it's not just your physical health, are you doing physical activity or not? How are you deciding regarding your nutrition, Uh, et cetera, et cetera, different habits about, uh, you know, a healthier lifestyle that can be also applied to understanding if you are sleeping well you know how how are you feeling about life Uh, or what is your current financial situation your current debts you know what are your financial goals The, the second aspect of the program at the time again only focus on physical was defining goals that you personally want to set up for yourself so why this goal has only need to be focused on physical? Why we cannot set goals on mental and financial? And finally, what is the content? What are the tools that we can bring to you to be able to help you to achieve those goals? So you see the framework can be universally applied to all these three important verticals that at the end, if you think carefully, are key drivers to improve, improve your lifestyle. So that is why I like to talk about that we are now shifting from life insurance protection or, or death protection to lifestyle protection. It's fascinating. You know, last night I was having dinner with my team. Um, it's one of those periods during the, the year where we have a dinner and we chat about what work, what work less. But it was really about fun. And, you know, one part of the conversation went through the wheel of life. And I just yeah. wanted to everybody to actually remember that, you know, if you look at your wheel of life, right, you have to look at financial, mental, physical, social and cultural, spiritual and ethical and family and home, you know, quadrants. And what you are saying is you have to align everything, right? 
if you are going to live a healthy life, a productive life, and financial life, right? You have to look at all these ingredients as an individual, but also you as um, an insurer, an insurer who is looking at their customers, their partners, at a way to change behaviors. You probably want to teach them as well the values of the wheel of life. Exactly, and, and that is our end state. We mentioned physical, mental, financial. That is the starting point. We would love to, you know, down the, the road, start adding spiritual and, and the other verticals. Because ultimately, if you think, this is about balance, right? I, I think our generations and the younger generations are, are not thinking just about one aspect. You know, I, I could... You know, imagine our ancestors, our parents or grandparents were thinking a lot about financial security because of the background and the situation that we're living at the time. We all know, you know, the, the new generations are thinking more about, you know, global warming, social impact, financial inclusion, uh, and a, a more, what I refer, a more balanced lifestyle. So... Again, the question for us as an insurance industry is which we have this opportunity that we are already connecting with these customers you know, over a long period of time because of the nature of the solutions that we sell. We can start introducing a, a number of these solutions as part of a platform that can address and, and you know, uh, be much more relevant to, to our customers' you know, needs and customers' I would say newer behaviors so and influence them at the, at the end of the day. And so, you know, let's continue with that conversation, right? On all those different ingredients, because that takes me around, you know, some of the platforms we have seen. And, you know, you guys as potential, you've done amazing work around Superhaps. I've been really looking at your work uh, around how you combine capabilities together in various markets, right? to serve different customer segments. So tell us about the key ingredients, components to create a super app and be successful to make the capability wanted by users around different markets. Well, first I, I will say also as, as a way of sharing more background um, is, is what I will call our strate strategic approach to, to super apps. Uh, you know, the challenges that are affecting the aging of the population are so huge, so complex, that we are convinced that no single organization can fix them on their own. Uh, you know, Prudential is one of the largest insurers in the world. There is no way it can fix any of these big challenges that we were talking before. By the way, we don't even believe that even if the private sector work together can solve this on their own. We believe that ultimately this is about an association between members of the private sector with the public sector. And the best framework to approach this is this idea of an ecosystem approach. And, and to me, I think that is the secret sauce, to be honest, because you know we all believe that technology you know, we can keep adding, removing certain features, continue improving the user experience, is eventually in the long run, that is a commodity. 
However, what really differentiates you is, you know, thinking about supply and demand and, and in, in getting access to the platform. So let me start with the supply. So as you know, we are partnering with uh, emerging successful startups like Carboys, uh, who, you know, is helping us to integrate a, a number of solutions in, in our platform. We have helped to start new uh, ventures in Latin America, like Klimber, where we funded the seed money for them to start operations. And now they are playing a vital role, um, you know, uh, offering a wide level platform where customers can quote at a very low cost life insurance uh, with very few questions and, you know, very sim simple underwriting. And I can continue. So we are bringing a number of top players like Vitality, uh, you know, a leading players in physical wellness solutions and bring them all and integrating all of them into a single app that customers can, you know, get access and, and get all the benefits following a seamless, unique user experience. A single sign-on, a, a, a common framework between physical, mental, and, and, and financial, and, and many other benefits. And then on the demand side, we decided that this is not just for prudential customers. This is an open ecosystem. So if you are an, an, an insurer out there and you want to join, you can join. Uh, if you are a health insurer, you can join. If you are a bank, you can join and offer access uh, to your customers, uh, the benefit of the app and the platform itself that we've been able to build. And, and it's amazing. We, we started this a, a couple of years ago. And right now, uh, not only we have a number of, in, uh, you know, our own insurance operating companies in South America, but also a number of third parties, strategic partners that are joining, like Medife, which is one of the largest, um, you know, health insurers in Argentina now offering this platform to their clients. This is superb. You know, you have touched upon so many different angles. And whilst you were talking, I was remembering some work I started in November last year. Uh, that was November 2021. It feels like forever. Started some work with TBD Media and CBS News on digital ecosystems. So we started a, a piece of work around thought leadership, you know, the global thought leadership. And I said, you know what, I want to talk about digital ecosystem and this campaign is still going and we are going to actually put more video around why digital ecosystem are so important today to succeed and when you actually think about the value of digital ecosystem you have to think about strategy and business in very different ways you cannot think about Sabine or Federico or Prudential as an entity self you know self-centered you have Go to right. become really selfless so your strategies outside in thinking about Henry Shesbro, right? Open innovation. You have to think outside in, and it's very hard, I think, for corporates to think like that. It's extremely hard. You know, I, I've been promoting this concept of collaborate and compete because, you know, ultimately what we are actually saying is to some of our direct competitors saying, let's join forces, right? And, and let's build uh, an ecosystem that can really address you know, some of these huge complex challenges that our customers are facing. Now, 
we are not the first one to do this, as you know. In in within the technology industry, there are several examples. One I, I will refer as what you know Google did with Android, right? Uh, they they are partnering, you know, with a number of strategic uh, OEMs or or you know device manufacturers like Motorola or Samsung, uh, and and they've been able to develop and, and join forces on the operating system. So then they can then customize their, uh, you know, device strategy according to their own specific needs. Here we're saying the same. Let's join forces to cre create a platform that is universal, uh, that basically avoid each of us individually to waste investments in data capabilities, integration capabilities, because at the end are the same. And we can save that money to really focus on the customer in bringing solutions to the market for the customer. So ultimately what I'm, I'm trying to say, the app is just the front end, right? But the, there are a lot of layers of different technology and infrastructure that are required to offer the value proposition of you know, a total wellness solution. And ultimately, you as an insurer or as a bank, you can personalize that app according to your brand, your values, your strategy, and, and, your, and the user experience based on your, your target segments. That is not going to change. But there are a lot of areas where we can collaborate, and that is kind of what has been our invitation to different market participants. You know, in Europe, actually, for the eco, um, beside I would say beside the UK, we are very dependent dependent on brokers. So I guess I would say 85, 90% of distribution in France, Germany, you know, Central Europe will be dependent on the broker channel. I would say probably less so in UK because it became direct to consumer uh, compared to the other market. Tell us, you know, how do you include the broker as a critical stakeholder within your ecosystem? And how do you build actually unified vision and manage expectations? Because, you know, when you build a digital channel, sometimes you alienate the broker channel tell us what you are doing within your ecosystem that is a great question first i will say you know for prudential the broker you know internally we call in some of our geographies the the life planner channel uh, these are franchisees type of model in some cases uh, they are employees in other countries they are independent agents uh, they are vital for our success right we we typically don't go direct to the consumer in in the case of prudential so i i i want to really emphasize how critical they are in our overall value proposition and we have proven that they play a big role in our competitive advantage and the beauty of the the model that we the business model that we are proposing is the following this is a win 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 opportunity. It's a win for the consumer because here we are trying to prevent, anticipate situations that are affecting their lifestyle. We're trying to help them to live longer and better lives. So this is a win for the customer. But also this is a win for the insurance company because as customers tend to take care of their health, they take, they take care of their financial situation, their mental well-being, obviously this represents 
uh, longer lifetimes with the customers, better persistency, better monetization opportunities, but also lower claims. But here are the brokers or the intermediaries. This is also a win for them. As you know, um, the broker have aligned incentives with, with the insurance company in this case, that in, in the case that they want to delight the customers, right? For them, they're always demanding from us, trying to bring more innovative solutions, you know, keep strengthening our product and value proposition. And as you know, how, how do you differentiate a life insurance product after more than, you know, 100, 200 years of history? It's, it's, it's challenging, right? We can keep tweaking, but there is limited value. Now with this enhanced value proposition, integrating prevention to the equation, there is, you know, more ways for us to, to really uh, differentiate that value proposition. Not only that, I can give you example from Brazil and Argentina where uh, we are seeing that actually our tactic is let's first engage the, the brokers or, or the intermediaries into the platform. So they are all part of you know, our vitality and our upcoming up fully. Um, and we are noticing a high level of correlation that brokers or intermediaries that are more engaged in the app their customers are also more engaged in the app. And what they are telling us that this is not only them uh, from anecdotes and comments, but also from data, that customers that are more engaged in the app, they have, in, for example, in the case of Brazil, 50% less probability to cancel their policy than those who are not engaged in the app. So imagine how much you know, revenue they can generate. And then we're also seeing that customers that are engaged, they have 200% more uh, propensity to buy products, more products from us than those who are not engaged. So again, another reason of, of the win-win here opportunity. Yeah, now those numbers are, are fascinating. So, you know, we touched on distribution and super hub and um, that takes me to to net promote the score. And, you know, I would like to give you a little story because this is one of the startups in, in Europe I really adore. Uh, maybe, you know, many pets, Stephen Mandel, Charlotte Olcott. I mean, this company has been doing so well. And I remember, you know, five, six years ago, I discovered them while I was building accelerators and I became very close to, to Stephen Mandel. And, you know, this is a company which has like a 95, you know, 85 net promoter scores, right? Yeah. And they have sustained this for the past six years, right? If it's not more. And so when you look at what you do, right? Partner, super app, identifying the right solution for your customers. How do you manage your net promoter score? That is a great question. And, and to me, that that is one of our leading indicators that are showing the potential that the platform has for, for, for Prudential and other members of the ecosystem. So in 2022, we've been, we've been able to prove, number one, that customers, Prudential customers in this case, in, in, in South America, are willing to engage in the platform. We have more than 60,000 members in the platform. That means they register, they sync their device, and 85% and of them are engaged and using the app in a consistent fashion. And then we've been able to measure those who are engaged in the app versus those who never registered. 
and we notice that we we have two hundred percent more promoters in in the you know population that is engaging the app versus those who are not engaging the app. So that is what eventually that leads to the other lagging indicators. Persistency, as I mentioned, is much better when they are engaged. Uh, number of policies sold per customer, the propensity is much higher with those who are engaged versus those who don't participate in the platform. So, so really now for us, our mission is how we can expand access to the platform, how we can make sure that everybody uh, eventually join the platform in one way or another, and we, we have a, a number of plans to do so. But, but ultimately what I'm trying to say, the importance that the customers are, are, are putting to this type of platforms, because for first time, they are realizing that the insurance that was historically passive when it came to prevention, now we are much more proactive. And they are telling us through net promoter scores that this, this is really matters to them. And, and because of that, they're willing to stay longer and buy more from you. Yeah, I mean, this is fascinating because, you know, all of us, we are trying to find the solutions which are going to solve the problems which are most dear to us. And it feels like health, right, or healthcare or health insurance has moved, right, to just being health, to be wellness and fitness. And for me to stick to the platform, I will ask you for content, right? You will need to educate me, Federico, around the things I'm doing well and things I'm maybe doing less well, right? I have my little watch and I have to go on my Peloton every other day. And so how do you include content to educate me to do the right thing every day? Well, that is a great question. And, and I think I, I would say part of the beauty of these programs, as you know, traditional, traditionally, life insurers don't have much access to information about the customer behavior, the customer profile, what are their areas of interest. Now, because of this platform, we have access to new sources of data. And those sources of data are, are helping us to, you know, micro-segment the type of content that we should present to you. So if you are now telling us that, you know, you, you would like to increase your physical activity, you know, we make sure that we, are, you know, we offer a content uh, that is relevant to you. And, and we are not talking about stuff that is not really meaningful. And, and the fact that we are, you know, a global company that we have presence in in both developed and emerging economies is helping us to, if you will, to arbitrage top quality content that is out there that perhaps if you are in South America, you don't get access. So uh, we are about to make a, an interesting announcement with a partnership with one of the, the main, you know, newspapers in the U.S., to bring exclusive content from them to our customers in Brazil and Argentina. That's cool. And, you know, it's, it's a content that I, I, I've been following for, for a while and, and, and it's, you know, world-class quality. But typically, again, how you democratize access to top quality content. And, and I think that the, the platform, the, the ecosystem that we're building is helping us to, to you know, narrow that bridge and making sure that everyone has access to that type of high quality, typically expensive 
content, but because of the scale that we're reaching, we're able to afford and distribute that content in a much more efficient manner. I mean, this is fascinating to me because um, I was doing a podcast with one of my greatest friends who uh, is at the, the bankers, part of the FT. And she was saying, Sabine, you know, if you want quality content, you have to pay for it. And I agree, you know, my team and I subscribe to the Entrepreneurs Wires, you know, Forbes, Fortune. And we have to because quality content comes from some of those platforms. And if you want to touch the entrepreneurs and get the latest news, you have to look for quality content. But those, what do, therefore, what does that mean from, from your, your business model, Federico, right? I want to understand about monetization and subscription. So how do you make it work? Yeah, so first, let me tell you that it's true that go staying one second with that prior point on content is very expensive. However, as you know, content is not typically charged per per reader or per main per member. You may be charged per article, right? Per geography. But that basically becomes a fixed cost for, for a given geography. So if you can provide access of that same content to millions of people, the, the cost still is the same. And that is the beauty. I, I think, again, as an industry, we can do much more to, to democratize access and, and shouldn't materially change the economics of the business. Now, going back to the top line aspect of, of, the, of the business model, listen, here we are trying to test and apply different concepts that we are seeing in, in you know, several industries that are offering access to, to apps and, and content and tools. So there is a combination, and obviously this change changes varies by geography, varies by business model and channel. So for example, if we're talking about individual life insurance, where average premiums tend to be higher is one model. If we're talking about group life, where the profit margins are more narrow, there is a different monetization model. Um, if we are talking about wellness, offering the platform to in a B2B business model, like us offering this to other insurers is, is one model. Uh, and if we are going after an employer, or, or an end consumer is a different model. But, but in, in summary, I would say the most important mechanism that we're using to monetize is the typical you know, fee per member per month, the PMP business model. Uh, so that is a fixed cost per member, per engaged member. So we actually charge per results. We charge zero if there is no engagement with that member. So uh, we like this concept of SaaS model. Um, you know, we've been saying our aspiration is not only wellness and promoting healthier and, and better lives. If, our, if you ask me what is our main mission is to democratize access to wellness. You know, for us that we are very committed to emerging markets like Latin America, China, Indonesia, etc., it's vital that everybody has the chance to get access to solutions like wellness. Today, if you ask me, like any other emerging solution, is typically focused on the elite, right? On, on those who can afford. Our goal is to make it much more affordable and accessible. So 
So there are freemium models. Uh, we want to eliminate big upfront, big costs that typically insurers need to deal when they launch a platform of this kind. We are taking that, like, you know, the beginnings of cloud computing that, you know, there were huge investments in infrastructure. We are already doing that in Prudential. So we can give you the chance to offer this as a SaaS model, basically, again, a fee per member per month. There is also a subscription model that we, we are combining with a freemium model for certain business models. And finally, monetization of, of the engagement, right? Fees, commissions that we can generate as customers are engaging with the platform and as we learn about the, the customers, we can introduce personalized offers of insurance and non-insurance solutions for them. That's superb. That's superb. And so what does it mean? You know, LATAM is such a big market and I remember visiting a number of countries as I was doing my tool, my InsurTech tool, tool, you know, a few years back. And... Um, when you look at Prudential, what does LATAM mean? What is the future? Can you give us a lens on the future, Federico? Yeah, um, well, first I, I will say the future is great and bright. Uh, and I'm not trying to be, to sound as, as an arrogant, but we, you know, it's an, Prudential started almost 30 years ago in Latin America, 100% organic growth. In recent years, we added few acquisitions or showing ventures here and there. But today, we are ensuring or offering retirement solutions to almost 10 million people. And early this year, we announced a strategic partnership following the ecosystem principles with Mercado Libre, which is the largest e-commerce platform in, in, in Latin America. It's kind of the Amazon of Latin America. And now we have access or Mercado Libre customers have, which are close to 100 million in Latin America, they have access to prudential solutions, again, in a very inclusive, affordable fashion through their platform. And we are in the process, more news to come soon on additional alliances that we are uh, you know, currently exploring and working as we speak that is going to help us to increase our footprint in, in all Latin America. But the most important point related to wellness is that our plan is to offer wellness solutions all over Latin America. Because the beauty of this model of, of technology and data is that you don't need to be physically in every country. Right, You can export the technology and the platform anywhere in Latin America. So we are working in a number of alliances and partnerships to be able to do so as soon as feasible. That's superb. It's wonderful. So when we started our chat, you mentioned that you were doing some studies and you discovered that there was much more to be done in health. Uh, you're working with one of the largest and most respected uh, financial service institution in the world. So when you look at Federico and, um, you know, the last word of wisdom you could give us all, what would those be? I, I will use the word of being proactive. Uh, I think we sometimes underestimate the position in which we are in, right? Uh, some of the question marks when I introduced this framework within Prudential was, 
is Prudential going to be able to be recognized as an ecosystem orchestrator? And the short answer is yes. I, but I also believe Prudential is not the only one that could be, you know, doing this type of 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 you know uh, ecosystems and, and and solutions. So I I will go, go back to the beginning of our conversation when we talk about some of the complex challenges that we have relating the aging of the population, and then if you couple that with the challenges that we are seeing in emerging markets like Latin America the lack of opportunities, the, the big gap between low-income segments with higher-income segments, the opportunity for financial inclusion, I will call health, wellness inclusion. My, my last comment will be, let's work together. Uh, it's going to be very challenging for us on our own to be able to address and make material progress unless we, we join forces. So we all know the technology, the data, the solutions are out there. It's just a matter of us how we coordinate, how we join forces together to accelerate the pace of bringing those solutions to market uh, faster and in a more efficient fashion. So, you know, if people wanted to reach out to you, Federico, even startups, you know, I, I get a lot of startups reaching out, which I think there is a couple we may actually bring to you this mm -hmm. soon after Welcome. what you said. So if we want to find you and uh, reach out to you, what should we do? Well, definitely they can find me in LinkedIn, uh, Federico Spagnoli, or my email address is very easy, federico.spagnoli at prudential.com. Uh, that is the, the best way to connect with me and we are looking for more partners. So we, we welcome all the inquiries and interest in, in joining forces with us. That's superb. So some of the startup I met at ITC Vegas, I'm sure you will love them yeah. because I found two James. So I'm going to reach out after this meeting with you. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today and opening your world, right? LATAM, which is often for us in Europe, still an area we start we are just starting to uncover and learn. And I find the market fascinating because we have Spain, right? We have Italy, we have Portugal, which a lot of the startups we talk to looked at LATAM first before looking at North Europe. So thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Sabine, it has been a pleasure. And again, looking forward to learn more about health, health tech, and staying connected with all of you. Thank you, until next time. Thank you. If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends, and if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Subin Vidal Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine van der Linden. Thank you.